0: This is the IDP After Show.
1: Today, we are going to be drafting free agent landing spots and which players have increased the most in value over the course of the free agency period. I am Evan Ronda. And I'm joined by Jace Abbey. And before we hop into this episode, because it's the first one, we want to make sure we give you guys a quick background on who we are, where we come from, and why you should care. So, Jace, why don't you start us off real quick and let listeners know who you are and where you're from?
0: Yep. Yeah, uh, so, as you said, Jace Abbey, um, UK based, hence the hence the accent. Um, I've been playing fantasy for for 20 years or so. IDP for the for the vast majority of that. Um, I started small like most people, you know, one guy at, at three positions um, and then evolved to using sort of much larger rosters, five positions, at least nine or 10 IDPs uh, in most of my leagues. Um, as far as writing, I kind of, I kind of started getting into it seriously about three, maybe four years ago. Um, and I'm, yeah, just loving the journey. Really excited to be on the pop you tonight.
1: Really excited to have you. This is, an absolute blast. I've only ever gotten to record a podcast with one other person from the UK, and that was Tom K. And uh, that was an absolute blast of an episode. So anytime I get to be in a podcast room with someone with a British accent, I immediately sound less intelligent. So this is going to be an uphill battle for me, but uh, it's it's going to be a good time for sure. Uh, listeners, most of you, I would hope, know who I am already. I've been around this feed and et cetera for a little bit. But Evan Ronda, host of the idp game theory podcast you guys have probably heard me from you know hosting the idp show or doing some of those weekly previews but i am on the other hand i'm on the opposite side of the coin as jace i've actually only been playing idp and fantasy for a few years probably only like four or five ish so it's it's been an interesting journey as far as uh making a massive effort to just learn all of the things as quickly as possible and and you know just kind of by accident after hopping into that process of learning have almost stumbled into this opportunity and uh, i'm i'm really glad to be able to to start producing this kind of content behind the scenes for you listeners here that are subscribed to the website feed because this is where all the cool stuff happens so with those intros aside again i'm going to reiterate for the listeners here what is it that we're doing here we're going to be drafting IDP players who have had their value impacted by free agent moves. So really just anything that happened after the Super Bowl. um, Most of these transactions, even if they happened before the free agency period started, were because of free agency. So if a player was cut, it was because they needed to get under the salary cap so they could make free agent moves, etc. So, uh, you know, signings, trades, or just players who had teammates who moved to different teams All eligible players, and we're going to go back and forth and and see who can assemble a team of players who uh, amassed the most value. So, Jace, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to have Siri flip a coin for us. But before I do, I'm going to have you call Heads or Tails. I'll go Heads. Heads every time. Heads every time. All right, let's see it. Flip a coin. Boom. You can see it yourself right here. We got Tails, so I get to go first. I'm so sorry. This is definitely rigged. Um, Definitely. (laughs) <laughs> and for me, there, there's one guy in particular that I think sits atop the list in a tier of his own, as far as somebody who signed a contract in this free agency cycle that moved teams and saw a massive increase in value. And I'm sure you'll probably agree with me here in former 49ers linebacker Aziz Al signing with the Tennessee Titans. He was the third guy in the rotation there and saw very limited snaps, but. When he had the opportunity to play, he definitely showed out. And so, moving into a new situation where he is the projected starter and a guy that should see every snap, I am really, really excited for what twenty twenty three has to hold for him because I think uh, this is going to be his best season yet by far. What do you think about that? Yeah, so
0: it's a great call. He's been he's been stuck behind two two really good linebackers uh, in San Francisco for a while um like you say we've already seen him produce the goods um which i don't think you can say for every player on this on these lists or at least not my list anyway so um yeah he's in a really good spot i think there's there's very little else there on the titans roster that can that can challenge him for that spot it's it's a who's who behind him really um mm-hmm. monty rice maybe the 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 guy who's nearest i suppose um but yeah it's it's going to be ourshire's role to to lose isn't it and yeah it could be a big year
1: yeah absolutely um i'm excited to see who your first pick here is because uh at the top of this draft i mean this is this is where all the heavy hitters are and so uh i'm excited to see who i completely forgot about as we go into this draft and and the prep that we did i'm sure to to get ready for this i'm i'm sure there are a couple guys that slipped through the, the through the cracks and and if you pick somebody i forgot about i'm going to be real upset
0: <laughs> um, well, this guy's probably on your list too. I'm sure I'm probably sniping you here, but it's oh, yeah. Nicoby dean um mm-hmm. so he's been one of the biggest beneficiaries i think of a free agency of any player i can I can really think of and you know if we're honest, I think everybody expected him to to take a uh, a bigger step in in year two um regardless of what happened in free agency but you know uh t g. edwards has gone kaiser white is gone uh, so yeah it's 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 Dean's role to lose i think I mean, he barely got a step, a look in, didn't he? In his in his first year, played about sort of forty-seven snaps, I think it was. Um, but he's clearly in the the trust of uh, of the Eagles brass, um, so he should be in line for a a sizeable role moving forward. Um, I don't, I'm not concerned about the new DC Sean Desai. Um, I think um, when he was the Bears DC, and they utilized only a, a one sort of uh, off-ball linebacker. Uh, in their system. Um, but even uh, Alec Ogletree that year saw sort of north of 700 snaps. So yeah, I'm excited. I know that some um, people would sort of talk about Nicholas Morrow's uh, arrival as maybe a bit of a bit of a hit, but it, it doesn't concern me. He's, he's, he's that sort of player who's good enough that um, it kind of reduces the Eagles' need for an off-ball linebacker in the rest of free agency in the draft, but he's also bad enough that he's not really a threat to Dean's role. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I really like that call. I hadn't really considered that. But if if the Eagles had gone into the draft having not signed Morrow, I mean, they had nobody behind a Kobe Dean. And so if they went into the draft with that need and they drafted a player or two, I would imagine there would be a little bit more cause for concern. You know, there's a chance that one or two of those rookies that they bring in could, you know, challenge him for snaps, maybe, but I just don't really see that being a very likely outcome at this point, simply because of uh, the Nicholas Morrow signing. And so I totally agree with you there. And another guy, my next pick, very much in a similar situation, a rookie that was drafted last year that had you know, teammates above him that that were preventing him from seeing playing time. And now that those teammates have left, this guy is elevated into a starting role, and that is the one and only Brian Asamoah, who... I know, shots fired back and forth. We are just sniping each other, I'm sure. But uh, with uh, Eric Kendricks leaving to another team, Brian Osamoa is absolutely primed for a starting role alongside Jordan Hicks. And so we will, we'll see how he's able to use that role to score fantasy points. But uh, just based off some of these best ball drafts that I've been in, and I've been in way too many, uh, just based off some of these best ball drafts, man, people are hot on Brian Asamoa he is going really, really high. So as far as Dynasty goes, if you're in a league that Brian Asamoa is on somebody else's team and that manager is asleep at the wheel, he is rising up draft boards very, very quickly. What do you think about that, Jace?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what he can do. Um, my excitement's tempered a little bit by by Jordan Hicks, if I'm honest. But, um, you know, Hicks is on the downside of his career. Asamoa is on the upside. So there's a lot to like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who's your second pick in this draft? Ooh,
0: so this is a toss-up now because you did snipe me
1: as uh, as expected,
0: but I'm going to go with uh, another player who's who's benefited from other players exiting. So it's Ernest Jones. Um, mm. uh, last year, I was a I was a bit of a I was a quite a vocal pessimist actually about Jones's chances of becoming a uh, an IDP starter, um, a val- a valued IDP asset. Um, ultimately his his snap sort of volume was about where it, where i expected it to be but um we all know he was sort of ultra efficient wasn't he so i think there's there's a danger in expecting that sort of efficiency to continue but um you know he might not have to um he's he's going to be playing a lot more wagner's gone um the rams have so many needs um again they could this is another team that could draft or sign another linebacker um between now and uh, the end of april um but yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited to see what he can do. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely my next pick. Yeah.
1: I love that pick. He's actually a guy I forgot about. Cause I was just scrolling through my free agency tracker that I wrote up and like looking at some of these players I mentioned and totally forgot about <laughs> Ernest Jones and his value totally going up because of the Bobby Wagner exit. But that's, that's such a great call. And I think it's also important that we, you know, take a quick second to kind of talk about these defensive situations, the Rams, are kind of at the forefront of the league, or at least they were at the forefront of the league as far as like single linebacker usage. I think last season, if I remember correctly, with Ernest Jones and Bobby Wagner, they used two linebackers at maybe a little bit of a higher rate. I'll have to check out Tom K's uh, defensive breakdown uh, sheet to to confirm that, but uh, I do believe that they use two linebackers a little bit more. But it does smell good things for Ernest. G- Ernest Jones, just because uh, he has literally no competition for snaps there. And even if they bring someone in, I think the Rams have shown it a little bit of a hesitancy to give rookies that full-time workload, just like we saw with Ernest Jones in his rookie year. So I would definitely be confident in him having some good value this season. A guy that I might not have as much confidence in going into this upcoming season, but who still has an opportunity for snaps and a massively increased role is uh, one of my breakouts for the season, a guy who I cannot talk about enough, Terrell Bernard on the Buffalo Bills, with Terrell Edmonds exiting the team in free agency. Terrell Bernard, who was a rookie last year, I'm pretty sure he was drafted in like the third round. I wrote that somewhere. I forgot where I wrote it, but uh, he's primed for an opportunity for snaps. Now, most of the talking heads in the industry, not the IDP industry necessarily, but like the draft industry and these guys that are doing a lot of NFL analysis keep mentioning the Bills as a team that has a linebacker as one of their biggest needs, and so they are expecting the Bills to go into the draft to draft a rookie linebacker. Whether or not that's true is to be determined. It does make me a little bit nervous, which is why he's my third pick and not my first or my second pick, because I'm not going to lie. There's, there's definitely a chance that they bring someone in to challenge him for snaps, but as the roster stands right now, I have a decent level of confidence that Terrell Bernard will be playing alongside Matt Milano in that defense, and that's one of the reasons why he's probably one of my highest exposure players in best ball right now because I keep drafting him.
0: Yeah, so it's a it's a really good pick. I mean, um, I was looking at the uh, the snap count usage between Bernard and, and Dodson because um, Dodson's mm. another guy who uh, he intrigues me a bit. I'm I'm kind of curious. I'm not excited. He intrigues me. Um, but yeah, um, when, when both were healthy, it was, uh, it was Bernard playing ahead of Dodson. Um, but you know, like you say, the, the likelihood that they bring somebody else in is pretty high. So it's just one to, one to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah. And it's actually interesting that you bring that up because I, I kind of screwed it up last season to take a quick tangent. So I do, you know, the the weekly snap breakdowns, I, I look at all the game logs and, and kind of was looking at some statistical trends week by week. And when Terrell Edmonds, I believe, got injured, I think it was... uh, I already forgot the other guy's name. The other linebacker, not Terrell Bernard. Um, I keep wanting to say Uh, Terrell Dodson. Dodson. Yeah. Um, It was him, I think, who filled in for Edmonds. And then when Matt Milano went down, it was terrell bernard that filled in for him and i got the two guys mixed up i had no idea that they were two separate players i thought it was the same guy and so i was giving out this uh stat breakdown is like hey so and so should come in and get snaps and then the guy didn't play any snaps at all because i picked the wrong guy <laughs> but it is interesting that you at least mention his name i don't want to forget about him i think you know depending on if you're in like a stupid deep league i I don't know if anybody's degenerate enough to play in a league so deep that Terrell Dodson is worth a roster spot. But, I mean, there is a chance that he starts as well, so I don't want to completely forget about that.
0: Yeah, you know, like, as you say, deep deep rosters, uh, dynasty. Um, I'm, I'm kind of interested in both of those two young guys. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's another situation to keep, keep close tabs on and, and see what unfolds in the next, uh, in the next three to four weeks because that could, that could change the landscape massively.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't know about you. In my imagination, I see like a slight tear break at this point, which is telling me that I'm probably forgetting somebody. And so I'm excited to see who it is that I forgot as I send it to you for the sixth overall pick in your third pick.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty bullish on this guy. So I'd I'd put my tear after this pick if I'm honest. Um, okay. So it's, it's Kyle Hamilton at the, yeah. uh, at the Ravens. So we, I've been a bit linebacker heavy. Um, and this is yet another guy who's, who's benefited from seeing other guys leave. Um, he kind of, you know, we all know he struggled to, to establish a, a sort of a foothold, didn't he? Uh, early in his career. And there's, there's maybe something to learn for us all there um, from that example. But as, as the season unfolded, he became more involved and, and you know, he performed, he performed really well, um, generally speaking. Um so yeah, I'm kind of excited for him. The the Ravens employed a a sort of a three-headed beast at safety for, for a large part of last season. Um but and even when Marcus Williams went down, um they handed the, the role to Geno Stone, um and Hilton, Hamilton just sort of struggled um to, to see significant time. But yeah, you know, um Chuck Clark's left to join the Jets, um, yeah. so I think Hamilton will definitely be the man to fill that void. And I'm, I'm kind of excited. I, I don't overpay for safeties, I will say that. Um, I don't invest in them heavily um, when, it comes to, uh, when it comes to dynasty or redraft. Um, but yeah, Hamilton is, is one of those guys that's got me kind of excited to see what he can do. Can he build on the, the, the bright spots that we saw uh, when he did get opportunities last year?
1: Yeah, that was absolutely the guy that I forgot. I was so deep in the weeds for linebackers. I completely forgot about him. That is that is such a great pick. Kyle Hamilton, man, I probably, you know, if I'm in hindsight, I think, you know, I'd probably draft him over Terrell Bernard because Kyle Hamilton is is locked and loaded. I fully expect him to see a massive workload this upcoming season and see a lot of really valuable snaps. So I'm, I'm super excited to see what he can do on the field. Super highly drafted. I mean... The next Derwin James, might we say, that might be a little bit of a stretch, but, you know, let him prove me wrong. I don't want to talk him down just yet. So we'll see what he can do, but super excited for that one. And so that puts me in a little bit of a tough predicament. We're drafting five players each, so 10 players total, and I've got two left. And I don't know if I want to try and play the ADP game necessarily because I have no idea who you're taking, but there's a guy that I'm thinking of And then there's a guy who I think you're probably more likely to take next. And so I think I'm just going to have to take him here. And that is the 49ers edge rusher, Drake Jackson. So with Charles Omenihue and uh, where did I write it? Charles Omenihue, Samson Ebucam, they both left in free agency. I do like both of those guys, by the way. I think they might be a little undervalued, although the market seems to be catching up on it right now. Uh, Who is left to replace them, but none other than Drake Jackson, who's going into his sophomore year on a defensive line with Nick Bosa, uh, newly acquired Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead. I mean, he seemed poised for production. I think he's going to get snaps. And like we saw with the Eagles and plenty other teams last year. If you are a good player on a good defensive line, everybody eats. And so, if he can take that step forward and do what we expect him to be able to do as a highly touted edge rusher coming into the draft last year, I think uh, I think he could be seeing some good things this upcoming season.
0: Yeah, uh, damn you, Evan. That was that was my <laughs> next pick. I, I hate you. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Jackson, yeah, he's in a, he's in a really good spot, isn't he? I mean, uh, as you say, cam has gone and who has gone. So yeah. Um, I don't want to assume that he can, he can fill, fill those boots. That's like 1300 snaps. Those two, those two veterans, mm. uh, are vacated. Um, so we'd be, you know, we'd be foolish to expect him to fill, you know, even half, half of that many snaps, but, um, yeah, he's in a great spot. The the only thing that concerns me with Jackson um, is the uh, that he had a really fast start. Um, he was really really efficient with his with his finishing. He, he got a bunch of sacks despite only registering, I think it was eight pressures through the first six weeks. But and then beyond that, he he was very quiet for the rest of the season. He, he had he had opportunities. He rushed the passer like nearly 150 times, but. Um, didn't didn't generate any 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 more sacks for the remainder of the season. The pressure, the rate wasn't quite there. But you know, it was year one. Um, I liked him coming into the draft. Um, you know, and they invested quite heavily in him. Was he a, a second round pick? Can you remember? I think he was. Uh,
1: I think you're right. I'll have to check on that. But I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. So I'm yeah I'm, I'm I'm
0: on board with that. As I say, he was he was my next pick. So um, yeah, let's let's see what he can do again. Um, Will the 49ers add some extra bodies to that to that line? Um, it's kind of the caveat that we we almost don't need to mention because it, it kind of applies to almost everybody here, certainly beyond this point in our in our picks. But um, but yeah, uh, now's, now's the time to try and get him. Maybe there's a few managers out there that aren't quite aware of the moves that have, that have gone on in free agency, um, certainly with the 49ers. So um, yeah, if you can strike now and, and pick him up um, fairly cheaply, then yeah, you'll be in a great spot.
1: Yes, definitely a second round pick. Just checked on that. So, okay. Now I'm really excited to see who you go. Recovering from my brutal sniping of Drake Jackson. Uh, who's your next guy here?
0: Um, I'm going to go with uh, Kara K, Bobby, uh, New York. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, he was a he was a stud. He was a favorite of everybody, wasn't he, a couple of years back? Um, and he maintained some value last year, but only because um, Leonard was out and we saw... Uh, Franklin ascend into that every down role. Um, and Kara K was left sort of, he, he played, he played a ton, but, um, he was definitely, especially as the season went on, clearly the, the guy behind Franklin. Um, and with Leonard supposedly coming back, I mean, we feel, I feel like we've been saying that for forever and a day, but, um, his, his, his position and his value his IDP value. Um, with the Colts was was about to plummet i think so yeah this is a this is this is great timing for him and i think it's a great move for the for the Giants as well you know they peddled out a bunch of a bunch of subpar guys at that position last year um Jalen Smith Tay Crowder who am i forgetting um uh, Mcfadden um hmm. i'm giving up on him so yeah that, i think O'Kerake's fit there is going to be really good he's he's head and shoulders above the others in terms of what he can bring to the table and yeah they they paid him they paid him big money you know, teams play pay players like like that, especially off ball linebackers, big money, with the intention of playing them. So he's he's going to play a ton. So I'm I'm kind of excited. He's a guy that I've seen all over the place in terms of other people's rankings. I've seen him uh, in the top five. I've seen him outside the top fifteen. Um, so there there isn't a consensus. I don't think about about him, but I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty high on him, and I'd like to see I'd like to see him return to that sort of value that we saw uh, more two years ago than we did last year.
1: Yeah, that's that's such a great pick. And I I think that's an interesting observation, too, as far as the variance and rankings, because it just goes to show like there's only so much that we can project when it comes to linebackers in IDP. Like we can project usage as far as like how many snaps they'll get. We generally have an idea of how talented they are. But beyond that, like you know we've got a little bit of that more advanced stuff like how often they call man coverage versus zone coverage where they line up whether they're in the slot in the box you know on the defensive line but beyond that like it's really tricky to differentiate a lot of these guys and so that's kind of why i like going with some of these linebackers that aren't super super high up the ranks because at this point like i don't truly know if there's a discernible difference between you know number 5 and number 15. So why pay number five prices when I could pay number 15 prices for a guy that for all intensive purposes has the same odds to finish as high. And so Bobby Okereke, man, uh, I love that. I love that pick so much. I have a proposition for you, a trade proposal, if you will. Not really a trade because okay. I'm not. I'm not getting any of your players. I don't want to take just one more guy. I want to take I would like to do an additional round, and I'm interested to see how you feel. What if we take this thing out one more round so we each get six players instead? Because I think I think we have the time and the mental capacity to talk about a little bit more. So what do you think there? Yeah, man, let's do it. Awesome. Okay, so that helps me out because there's one guy I really want to talk about, but he does not deserve to be mentioned in the top five on my team. Um, but But he has my heart. So I'm going to save him, and instead... Let's talk about, man, this is tricky. Let's talk about my Jai Sanders, I guess. I don't necessarily Ooh. think that he's, he's a guy that's like, you know, before free agency, he was, he was dead to rights. He had no chance of seeing the field, and now he's seen the light and has a chance. Um, but with J.J. Watt retiring, with Marcus Golden being released, there is literally nobody on that defensive line in Arizona It's it's Myjai Sanders. It's Cameron Thomas, who I expect to play somewhat of a Zach Allen role, more so on the interior, kind of splitting time. But like you know, by the time the season starts, I think this team's going to be Myjai Sanders and you know Will Anderson. Maybe we'll see. And Majai Sanders has the opportunity to produce. I mean, this is not the most intellectual take. Is he any good? We'll have to see. But again, kind of like Drake Jackson, he was relatively touted coming into the draft, not quite to the same degree that Drake Jackson was, but Mm -hmm. if he can continue to step up his game in this new defense, I think there's certainly a chance that he outproduces what he's currently being valued at. And so I think he's definitely a winner as far as teams completely clearing house, guys retiring or being released and Majai Sanders being, you know, Will Smith standing in the empty room looking around wondering where the heck everyone else went. I think uh, he's a guy that could definitely be productive.
0: Yeah yeah I'm I'm on board with that one. Um I'll talk about what I don't like first and then I'll I'll end mm-hmm. on what I do like about his situation. So that 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 the absence of bodies in the room that that sometimes concerns me um mm-hmm. especially with uh, with you know an unproven guy as you said like like Sanders um you know do they do they trust him enough to uh, to assume a a much larger role because his role was was kind of small last year um for the most part so that that does concern me um a little bit um, but we'll we'll see what happens again next next three to four weeks what what i do like you know as you mentioned he was he was a relatively high pick a, a third a third round uh, pick mm-hmm. um and talking talking to that point specifically about you know his his role he he did get used more and more as the as the season went on especially um i think it was the last three or four weeks so uh yeah that's that kind of bodes well um you know he's he's earning trust i try not to look too too much into into snap um, count variance over the course of a season because there can be a lot of factors that go into that um, injuries to other players and, and you know those teams that are out of the playoff race for example but yeah it's it's I'd be remiss not to mention it and it's um, it, it gives me some hope that he can as you say take that take that step and become become something interesting I think for me Sanders and, and Jackson I'd be more comfortable with them in baseball than I would mm. um, in uh, in any other formats but um, especially if you've got a large roster and you can carry them and sort of wait for those big weeks, but um, but yeah, another guy that's uh, that's definitely got my uh, got my curiosity. Let's see what happens.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, our our teams are starting to shape up here, and our draft philosophies are becoming a little clearer. I think at the end of this, your team is is definitely going to look a lot nicer than mine. I think I can say that. Um, and I like the the Bobby Okereke. I think is is a good example of kind of how I'm feeling for players that we're not, you know, wishing upon a star to see them ascend to new heights, but guys that we know for a fact can play ball and play ball well and are now either continuing to get an opportunity or increasing in their opportunity to, to produce fantasy points. And so I, I'd be interested to see who your next guy is here as far as somebody that may or may not fit into that mold, but uh, who are you thinking for your fifth pick in this draft? Okay, yeah, there is a
0: there is a drop off here. Um, I'm I'm interested, but not not super excited about uh, about this guy. But um, it's Milton Williams at the mm-hmm. uh, the Eagles. Um, he um, you know was was playing behind sort of Hargrave and, and Cox and uh, Jordan Davis as well um, last year. Um, not playing behind, I guess, but you know competing with. Um, but yeah, Hargrave's exit leaves a you know a, gap- a gaping hole. So literally and figuratively speaking, in the middle of that uh, that Eagles' defensive line. So, yeah, Williams is a guy I've kind of been kind of keeping an eye on since since he was drafted. Um, it's a bit basic of me, I know, but I was I was kind of blown away by his uh, by his his performance at his pro day. I forget the uh, the disciplines um, that he the events that he he, he blew us away in, but I, I, off the top of my head, I think it was the three cone drill, and there was one other um, which was which were next level um, in terms of. Uh, guys of his size so that kind of that kind of intrigued me enough to to want to keep an eye on him and now he's got that opportunity as I say with Hargrave going Cox is getting no younger and I think Davis I'll probably annoy some Eagles fans I think Davis is more of a one-dimensional player I had a really good chat with uh, Jason Snyder who's a, is a big Eagles fan obviously and uh, you know um a great IDP mind and, and sort of throwing some some thoughts back and forwards and Um, yeah, he, he, this was the beginning of last season and, um, he had, he had the similar viewpoint about, about Davis in the sense that, you know, he was, um, at that point in his career, going to be a, a sort of a two down player at best. Um, so clearly in, in DT, DT required leagues and DT premium leagues, we want a guy with some, some pass rushing upside. So that's kind of what I'm hoping Williams can bring. I mean, he's yet to do it on the field. Um, that's the that's the that's the big caveat here, um, and that's kind of why he's in that that tier below for me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested in his opportunity. Um, again, let's see what happens, what changes over the next three weeks on in terms of that that roster. But um, yeah, I think I think alongside Cox and and uh, and Jordan Davis, I think there's an opportunity there for another guy to to step up, and I think I hope it's Williams.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I just pulled up his relative athletic score testing. 9.93 out of a possible 10. That is that is top tier elite. Uh I mean, like 9.9 or yeah, 9.88 in the bench, 9.72 vertical, 9.443 cone. This guy is is definitely an athlete. Amongst other athletes on that defensive line, um you know, will he be able to fill that Javon Hargrave role maybe? We'll see. It's it's hard to replace a guy of that caliber, but I think we should definitely be excited for his opportunity on a team that is going to allow for a lot of really good production for all of the guys along that defensive front. Uh, you know what? Yeah. It's interesting that you just talked about Milton Williams. Before I transition into this next guy, I, I want to make sure I give you a, a chance to share any other thoughts there. I don't want to cut you off just in case you had something else.
0: Uh no, I was just gonna say, I mean, um, you know, just to be clear, I'd i much prefer someone with a proven track record in the NFL than than someone with a with a crazy RAS score. But um yeah, uh that's again, why that's why isn't that tier below for me? But again, I'm I'm kind of interested and in, and in, and and sort of low key excited to see uh to see what shapes out there in in Philadelphia. Low
1: key excited is the perfect way to describe this loki excited is the name of this episode honestly Um, (laughs) and so my final guy uh he does not deserve to be taken as the 11th player in this draft there are a lot of other guys that have more proven production have increased in value more but i don't care i'm gonna do what i want to do uh and take a guy for the brand because he's after my heart and i probably have more of him than i have of anybody else in these best ball drafts and it's. From the same team, we're going with uh, Reed Blankenship, the safety for the Eagles. Mm -hmm. So simply put, the Eagles lost Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Marcus Epps. They brought in Terrell Edmonds, and Reed Blankenship was was like a sixth-round pick. He might have even been undrafted. I don't entirely remember, but he filled in for CGJ when he got hurt and produced pretty well. And now he's going to apparently have a starting role for the the remainder of next season. We'll see if he keeps it or if they replace him with somebody. But Terrell Edmonds doesn't scare me as a Steelers fan who's seen him play for a while and has kind of let me down. He's he's a guy. I don't think he's bad necessarily, but I don't think he's going to be anything super scary. Um, and so Reed Blankenship again. I don't have a ton of like you know, glowing praise for him. I don't necessarily think he's, you know, some ascended Kyle Hamilton type safety. I just really like him. And that's why I wanted another round because I didn't think he deserved to be taken as my fifth guy. But I really wanted to mention him just because uh, I like him a lot. Cool name too.
0: Yeah, it's up there with uh, with some of the best, isn't it? Um, yeah, like you, I'm not, um, I'm not uh, blown away by, by what we've seen from Edmonds, um so far. Um I'm pretty confident he's gonna play um and will 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 be in the box a little bit more than than Blankenship. Um but I don't feel as strongly as I used to about trying to focus almost exclusively on those box safeties. Um again it depends on the scoring in your league and whatnot, but um but yeah, I, I kinda like the Blankenship pick. Um I'm not I'm not crazy about it, but if, it's okay. he's you can one say, of those guys that Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that I think you could you could pick up re- really, really cheaply. Um, oh yeah, and almost and almost take that gamble, you know, um, that that things play out in the way that you want them to. So, again, um, if there's a if there's IDP managers in your league who who perhaps aren't quite as, as savvy, or maybe who aren't listening to this uh, to this show, then, then then see what see what you can acquire him for. You might be surprised, um, and yeah, as you say, it might all work out nicely.
1: Yes. All right. Let's hear this final guy, Mister Irrelevant. Let's hear who we've got in this draft here.
0: Okay, I'm gonna go with uh another safety. Um it's Derek Forrest, uh Washington. Um so he, he kind of emerged from from nowhere, blew up um last year to play like 850 snaps. Um I don't think anybody saw it coming, but you know, if you did, then um, you know, uh Give me a shout because I'll uh, I'll give you all the credit. Um, But the results were kind of encouraging. He he didn't set the world alight, but he was a he was a, a real blessing in uh, best ball. Right, he he had a bunch of interceptions, a bunch of pass breakups, a couple of force fumbles, and uh yeah, really 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 kind of surprised surprised us. I think we should kind of temper expectations. And this is a, a, a kind of a an ethos that I have with many players who have produced um a lot of scoring based on big plays um, as opposed to that sort of that solid, reliable sort of tackle floor. Um, but um, yeah, Bobby McCain's gone. Uh, Forrest could be the man to step in. Really intrigued to see what he can do.
1: Yeah, Derek Forrest, there's another guy that I want to get as much as I can in best ball. Um, another good name too, by the way. Love that. Um, yes, yeah. Derek Forrest. I, I don't have much to add. You covered all the good stuff. I would just echo my sentiment in that I like him. I'm excited for what we can see from him in 2023. And that wraps up our draft. Um, I, I didn't write down my picks, so we'll see if I can actually remember them. But let's go over these teams one more time. Uh, my team, I got Aziz Al-Shair, the linebacker now for the Titans. Uh, Brian Osamoa now the linebacker for the Vikings. Drake Jackson, edge rusher for the 49ers. Majai Sanders, edge rusher for the Cardinals. Terrell Bernard linebacker for the Bills, and Reed Blankenship, the safety for the Eagles. Let's hear your team real quick.
0: Yeah, so I went with uh, Nakobe Dean, linebacker for the uh, Eagles. Ernest Jones, linebacker for the Rams. Um, switch position then to Kyle Hamilton, uh, safety for the Ravens. I think yeah. uh, I could be wrong, but I think I went Bobby O'Kerrykane next. Uh, linebacker for uh, the Giants now. Um, I then went to Milton Williams DT for the Eagles um, and then ended on
1: Derek Forrest, Safety Commanders. Awesome. Love it. Listeners, we are so excited that you guys joined us for this very first episode of the IDP After Show and are so incredibly excited for what we've got coming up for the remainder of the season as we're running this show and coming up with really exciting new ideas and kind of breaking away from the mold of some of the things that you've heard before, keeping things engaging, keeping things exciting. Um, Thank you guys for joining us. Let us know what you think about this episode. Sound off in the comments. I don't even know if there's comments on wherever this is going, but uh, uh, hit (laughs) us up and let us know what you think about the episode. You can find me on Twitter at IDP Evan and, Jace, remind them where you, they can find you on Twitter, real quick.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's really really imaginative. It's Jace Abbey, J A S E A B B E Y.
1: Awesome. We would we would love to hear from you guys and hear what you think about the draft and you know give your reasonings for why you think Jace's team won. And I'll probably agree with you because he crushed this draft. It was a really good time. But thank you guys for tuning in. This was this has been a really fun one. Jace, thank you for joining me. I'm excited to do more episodes with you. Over the course of this season, because uh, we will definitely have some more content coming out in the very near future. Here,
0: oh, definitely. I've, I've been a been a fan of yours, Evan, for for a while. I've been listening to your pod for most of last year. Um, really like the way that you you break things down. You bring a, a slightly different angle, which is really hard to to do. I think in this in this space. Um, so, yeah, all credit to you for that. Really excited to uh,
1: to do more of these with you. Awesome, I appreciate that. That means a lot. Well, listeners, we will catch you on the next episode. But until next time, peace out. This was the IDP After Show.